0: little calendar on my desk that has a bunch of quotes from church signs. And some of them are funny and some of them are meaningful. But I came across one that I actually wanted to talk about because it said, come to worship, leave to serve. And that's a phrase that I've heard Christians quote before about this idea of you come to church to worship God and to be filled up. And then you When you leave church, you go out to serve and love other people um, throughout the rest of the week. And I think that that phrase, come to worship, leave to serve, really gives us an incomplete understanding of how our faith is supposed to work. Because I do think that we should be going to church to worship God, and also that when we're not in church, we should be serving other people. Both of those things are biblical. But it misses a very key aspect about church itself. Because I think that church shouldn't be something that we go to just to worship God, and then we leave to serve other people. Church should be a place where we are also serving With worship that we worship at church and we also serve at church because there's a certain responsibility that you have as someone who believes in God and is part of a faith community and I want to go through some of those responsibilities that every believer has in attending church and we can see different responsibilities throughout Scripture and in the early church about this. And so I want to start with the responsibility to check what is being spoken at the church and make sure making sure that it aligns with the Word of God. And when I was thinking of how to make that point, I wanted to make sure that I use the word speak checking what is being spoken rather than just what is being preached. Because although we should be checking what is being preached, we want to make sure that we're checking everything that is being spoken and keeping each other accountable for it and making sure that uh, rumors aren't spreading or even just bad teaching isn't spreading or bad advice, but always checking what is being spoken to make sure that it lines up with the Word of God. And we can see that in the early church there were people who did that. Most notably were the Berean Christians, and they're talked about in Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 12. It says, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. So obviously the point I want us to highlight from this passage is how the Bereans examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And they always double-checked it to make sure that Paul was not leading them astray from what the Bible taught. And if you never do that, if you never take the time to verify whether or not something is true, then it's very easy to be led astray by that thing. And that applies, again, not only with preaching, but with everything that is being spoken by those who are around us. And this was a responsibility that all of the believers all of the Berean Jews took upon themselves to check this. They didn't just rely on a group of elders to make sure that what was being taught was okay or or just trust the preacher. And I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. He studies God's word that throughout the week. That's his job. So obviously he knows what he's talking about. That's not the attitude they had. Even Paul, who was doing signs and miracles, and preaching all across that area, when he, with such a great, uh, such great authority, came to speak to them, they still examined his word against Scripture. And it's important for us to realize no preacher is perfect. I would never want anybody to just take me at my word. I want to make sure that what I'm preaching is true and have that double-checked along with all of the rest of Scripture to make sure that what I'm saying lines up with it right. And that's a responsibility that falls on every person who is there listening to what is being spoken. Because again, if it's not verified, you can easily be led astray by it. And when you're led astray by errors and wrong thinking, by misguided perceptions, when you're led astray by those things because you haven't verified it, that is going to create more conflict in the area around you. Because errors lead to conflict. They create conflict. You get two different opinions that are based on a lie And put them in the same room, there's going to be conflict between those two people. But when truth is brought into the situation, that truth brings harmony with it. I talked a couple weeks ago about needing to ensure you have common ground with someone before you can even begin to establish new common ground in your conversations with them. You have to have the truth to stand upon and make sure that you are both standing on that truth in order to move forward. But when lies and, and even just incomplete truths are shared, and they warp people's opinions away from Scripture, it will create more and more conflict that needs to be brought back to Scripture. And just like the Bereans did, bring it back to Scripture, is what is being spoken, is what is being taught lining up with God's Word. My grandpa was a pastor and he had very many board meetings and you can imagine that not all of those board meetings went super smoothly. And in fact, there was even some conflict in those board meetings. And my mom would tell me that my grandpa kind of developed a phrase, kind of a catchphrase that he would use whenever there was conflict that would start in his board meetings. Uh usually the two people would be arguing for some time and finally one of them would turn towards my grandpa and say, "Well, what do you what do you think about this?" You know, you've been sitting there quietly. What what are your thoughts? And more often than not what my grandpa would do is open the Bible, and say, well, let's see what Scripture has to say about this. And he would read a couple passages of Scripture that had to do with what they were talking about, and that would cool the conflict down. Because it would show which side was lining up with God's Word. And I love that that was the way he handled those conflicts, not by bringing his opinion into the mix, but, but rather bringing it back to the truth found in Scripture, something that everyone could agree upon, that what the Bible says is true, and whatever opinion they had was not more important than what Scripture said. And that's the perspective that we should have as well, that God's word should always come before people's words. And we should never place more weight on people's words than we do on the word of God. And that responsibility to make sure that what is being taught, what is being shared, even the opinions that are being shared, Do they line up with the Word of God? And that burden doesn't fall on the pastor alone. It belongs to everyone in that congregation. It is our responsibility. Another responsibility that any churchgoer has is a responsibility to serve with the gifts that you have been given. And Scripture tells us about how everyone who is a believer, has been given gifts by God that are meant to be shared with other believers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, it gives a list of some of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says, now, to each one, And I want to highlight that each one, and you'll see that come up again in this passage, that this isn't just the pastor, it's not just the elders, but every believer that this passage is talking to says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one. There is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, which is different kinds of languages. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So each believer, each person, have been given gifts from God, from the Holy Spirit, that is meant to be shared, especially during times where we have gathered together in church. And it's this idea that each person has been given something unique to bring to the table. So it's not just showing up and sitting in a pew or in a chair and letting somebody speak to you, and all you do is sit there and receive and receive and receive, and then leave. This passage is showing us very clearly the opposite of that mentality where instead of coming to receive, you're actually coming ready to give something, ready to add to what is being shared, right? That's just like a good old-fashioned church potluck. Everybody brings something to share. And I mean, that's part of what makes potluck so great is that you're not having one person cooking all the food, which is just exhausting for that one person who has to do all the work, which more often than not in churches, that's how it ends up. You have a very small amount of people doing all the work. And then the, uh, the needs of the majority are being met by few people. But that's not how a potluck works. So then you just don't have the one person doing all the work, which is exhausting for them, and also... It doesn't make all the food taste the same because it's all being made by the same person. Instead, you're having everybody bringing something different to share with everyone else. And everything tastes a little bit different. It's made a different way because it's made by a different person. And it's all unique. And it is a wonderful banquet to partake in in its entirety because of that because of the uniqueness. And then the burden of preparing that meal isn't a great burden, because everybody's just doing one piece of it. And if I were to continue with the analogy of a potluck, another wonderful thing about potlucks is that if you have a guest, if you have someone who is new, you don't expect them to bring anything. But there's always plenty left, And so they are invited to come in, grab a plate, sit down, just enjoy the meal. Don't worry about needing to bring anything. Just come and enjoy. But if that person, week after week, and month after month, and year after year, continues to come to the potluck, empty-handed. That's not right. Then that person is beginning to take advantage of the generosity and hard work of other people. It's okay for a short time when they're new, but someone that goes there regularly to continue to come empty-handed becomes then a burden on everyone else. And remember, this goes back to us as believers gathering together in God's name with the Spirit ready to give each and every one of us something unique to bring to the table. And I don't know how it happens, but there are many believers that fall into this mindset of come to worship, leave to serve. And they think, well, when I'm coming to the service on Sunday morning or whenever you have your service, most of them are on on Sunday mornings, but whenever I come to the service, I'm coming to receive. I'm coming to partake in that feast and eat everything that has been prepared for me. And do that year after year after year and yet feel no obligation to pour in to what they are taking from and that needs to change everyone who attends should look for something that they can contribute everyone is equipped by the Spirit to contribute something, even if all you're contributing to a church service is a question. I don't understand this. I don't know what this means. That's still something that is being brought that can improve upon the service. Everyone has something to bring. And especially when you rely on the Spirit to equip you with different gifts of the Spirit, Everyone has something to contribute. And rather than coming to church expecting to be served, we should go to church expecting to serve one another. Everyone should look for something to contribute. It's a responsibility that we have to serve one another with our gifts, the gifts that we are given. And finally, the last responsibility that I want to talk about in the idea of the responsibilities we have when it comes to attending church is that we also then if we now understand that we are responsible for serving others with the gifts that we have been given that means that we're also responsible for preparing ourselves for that serving of others it takes time to prepare any time that you are pouring out into other people, you need to have times when you are being filled up. And I actually used an illustration about that last month, uh, I believe early in December, when I was talking about the need that we have to serve and love other people. And I use this analogy of a pitcher that is pouring water into a glass. And in order for that pitcher to be able to continue to pour into that glass, it's going to need to be refilled back up. And I talked about how we shouldn't be requiring the people that we are pouring into to pour back into us because that's not where we should be receiving that filling up, but rather we should be going back to God. And that's the point that I'm talking about right now is having a time before we are pouring out into others, before we are serving with our gifts and making sure that uh, we're checking what is being spoken and making sure it aligns with God's Word. Before we're doing all of that, there needs to be a time of preparation, a time when we are returning to God and allowing Him to do a work in us. And that principle of letting God work in us so he can work through us is found in Philippians chapter 2. In verses 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his will. Good purpose. So this passage highlights how, rather than turning to other people to kind of take care of your faith for you, that you are the one who needs to be working on your faith. And the way that that is done is to let God do a work in you. And that as we allow God to do that work in us, then we will be able to fulfill His good purposes. The things that he is calling us to, making sure that we're watching what's being spoken, we're serving with our gifts, that's the good purpose that God wants us to fulfill. But in order for us to get there, we need to allow God to first do a work in us. And this really throws this whole perception on its head, where instead of coming to church in order to be served by other people, that instead we are going there to serve other people and that we need to have preparation in order to have that time of serving, in order to have the energy and and that kind of feeling of our heart and our life in order to pour out into the lives of others. That means that rather than waiting for Sunday that Sunday morning service, rather than waiting until then for us to go and and let God fill us up, that instead we are letting God prepare us throughout the week for Sunday. That throughout the week we are letting God do a work in us and pour into our life so that when we come to church we are then filled to the brim, ready to pour out into the lives of our fellow believers. And yet, that is the complete opposite of what we see so much in the perspective of believers today. Because so many people now have the idea of, oh boy, I can't wait until Sunday to have this powerful encounter with God, with all of my fellow believers around me. And I'm going to go there, and I, you know, I'm just trying to make it through the week, get through all of the difficult things that this week has for me. And once I get through that, then I can go to church on Sunday morning, I can sit there and I can be filled up again. And once I'm filled up, then I'm ready to go out and, and serve and love people once more. So many people have that mentality. That mentality is seen in this phrase of come to worship, leave to serve. But when we look at Scripture, we see that the opposite is what is meant to be true. That throughout the week, God is doing a work in us and he is filling us up so that when we come together, gathering in Jesus' name, that we are coming ready to pour out into the lives of others. that we've let God do that work in us that is ready to be shared with others. and that we've spent that time in His word letting him speak to us so that as we listen to others speak that we can identify what does and doesn't match up to the word that we have been reading. in order to prepare ourselves for that responsibility of serving, we first have the responsibility of letting God do a work in us. We prepare for God's work through our relationship with him. Not through a preacher's message, not even through the fellowship of other believers, although that is very important and part of our faith walk. But that pouring into needs to primarily and first most come through our relationship with God that is taking place throughout our week, not just on Sunday mornings. And so that's why I really want to clear up this misunderstood Perspective of churches saying, Come to worship, leave to serve. Yes, we should be worshiping God in our services. Yes, we should be serving others and loving them just like God loved us throughout the week. But we also need to understand that there is a responsibility that we have to serve as we gather together. Church is meant to be both a place of worship and a place of serving. And if you are not participating in that serving, if you are only going to church to sit and listen to someone talk, you have missed the point entirely. And you have missed the principles that are taught in Scripture. If you believe in God, if you attend church regularly or semi-regularly, there is a responsibility that you have to serve in the church that you are in. And that's not coming from me. That is seen throughout Scripture. So let's come to worship and come to serve. This has been another Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, feel free to uh, contact me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And as always, I encourage you to share this with other people to help get the message out there. But until next time, thank you for taking the time to listen. And my prayer is that God will bless you as you go throughout your day.